The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today, Luke chapter 23, we set the stage last week as we took a little venture discovering the cross throughout Scripture, seeing it in its preeminence and poetry and prophecy and power and plea, and now we're looking at the place called Calvary and the context of Luke 23. First, a word of prayer, and then for today's message. Father, thank you for Calvary and for what took place there, what was accomplished upon that tree and thus led to the death and the burial and the resurrection of your dear Son, our Savior, even Jesus Christ the Lord. I ask my prayer in his name and for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. Luke 23, verse 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. There they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. So, first of all, as we consider Christ and the cross, I want you to consider Calvary the one place that can take care of eternity. We then will look together at Jesus, the one person that can take care of eternity. And then we'll look at the blood of Christ the one payment that can take care of eternity. And then the intercession of Jesus, or the one prayer that can take care of eternity. And then the Word of God, or the one plan that can take care 
of eternity. First, Calvary, the one place that takes care of eternity. The verse says, when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. Christ is what makes Calvary, Calvary. He is the one who makes Christianity, Christianity. I say he's the one that makes heaven, heaven. Calvary was not glamorous. It wasn't beautiful. It was no doubt a place stained with blood and marked with the stench of death. It was a place of ignoble shame and scorn. It was the place of the skull. But before that, and beyond that, Calvary was a place of destiny. According to 1 Peter 1 and verse 20, before the foundation of the world, Christ was as a lamb slain. So in the council chambers of eternity, God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, covenanted together that once they acted in creation, they would have to act in redemption. And Calvary was the answer. So the cross of Christ is rooted in the counsel of God Himself, and it holds eternal worth, eternal wonder, and it stands as an eternal work. But then it was a place of decree. I'm not a Calvinist by any means of the word. I don't believe in such a God as the Calvinists proclaim. That being said, I'm not an Arminian either. I am a Bible believer. But we do and we cannot get away from the fact that Calvary was and is a place of decree. If you consider the text of Acts chapter number 2, and you come down to verse number 23, hear what the Word of God says. Let me back up to verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up. And so Calvary then is a place of decree. In other words, God saw what was on man's horizon from the lofty heights of eternity, and thus he decreed the plan of man's redemption. And he determined the place of man's redemption. And he declared the person of man's redemption to be Christ Jesus the Lord, even his only begotten Son. Thus the mighty purpose of God is seen at Calvary. Yes, by divine decree, God had already engraved Calvary into eternity, and he would see it come to pass in the realm of time. It had been established as law in heaven, on earth, and over hell. Nothing would change God's purpose concerning his Son and man's salvation. Calvary has left its mark on time and on eternity forever and forever. But then in Isaiah 53 and in our chapter, Luke 23, verses 35 through 39, it was a place of derision. They said, If thou be the Christ, he was thus made a laughing stock because of our sin. Jesus was nailed to a cross, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and 
His death was the doom of rebels. It was the desert of thieves and criminals and malefactors. Yes, he made his grave with the wicked, and he was numbered with transgressors. He bore not only our sin, but he bore the shame of our sin. But then Calvary was a place of darkness. In our context, verses 44 and 45, about the sixth hour, there was a darkness over all the earth unto the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened, a place of darkness. In these three hours, I believe that God blacked out the sun, and He hid its light from the eyes of the sons of men, that He might hide His Son from the eyes and jeers and shouts of these cruel men, so that in those three hours, the God-man could suffer the righteous and holy judgment of God. He was now completely made our sin, bearing our sins in His own body. And the Father, who was of purer and holier eyes than to behold evil, would turn His back upon His Son, and Christ would cry out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Why art Thou so far from the words of my roaring? I cry out in the daytime, I cry out in the night season, and I am not heard. Yes, the Father would smite the Son, and our sins would be paid for. It was a place of darkness. The holy wrath of God against the unholy sins and sons of men would be poured out on Jesus. It was a place of darkness, and he would suffer the darkness of an eternity in hell upon the cross as an infinite being. In those three hours of darkness, Christ, the just one for unjust ones. But thank God it's a place of deliverance. It was here, the just for the unjust. He took our sins at the place called Calvary. The grace of God would be displayed here in that substitutionary work of Christ upon the cross. And according to Isaiah 53 and verses 4 through 6, the Lord would lay on him the iniquity of us all. And yes, by his stripes, we could be healed. He would bear our griefs, carry our sorrows, be smitten of God and afflicted. He would be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Such is the deliverance of Calvary, full and complete. Christ is our reconciliation. But then in the chapter today, Luke 23 and verse 26 and verse 27, verses 35 through 40 and verse 48, Several individuals come into view. Simon, who carried the cross uh, when Jesus 
fell beneath the load. The male factors, one on the right, one on the left, the centurion who would cry out and say truly or certainly this was a righteous man. And then the man named Joseph of Arimathea. We read also of a great company of people and of women. And so we see that Christ died for individuals. He died for multitudes. So whether it be Simon or the people or the women or the male factors or the people again or the rulers or the soldiers or the centurion or all the people or all his acquaintance or the women from Galilee or Joseph of Arimathea or Pilate. And again, the Bible mentions the women. It matters not who it is. Every person must decide for himself or herself. Thus, Calvary becomes a place of decision. What will you do with Jesus, which is called Christ? Will you receive him as Lord and Savior? Or are you going to stiffen your neck, go on in your rejection of this one who loves you and who died for you and who's coming again to judge you if you continue to reject the love of God's truth? The question then must be asked, have you been to the place which is called Calvary? We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is is written. God's Word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley.com at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.